first time lord i'm daniel levain and i had never seen a single doctor who episode until i started this very podcast and now i am hooked and can't wait for the next week so that i can keep watching these episodes keep analyzing them with my doctor who experts and find out more about this character and this amazing show and today my guide to this episode a very emotional very heartfelt episode is the amazing incomparable very sympathetic ashley martin i'm so happy to be back I'm so happy to have you for this episode, uh, mostly because this was one of the episodes that I remember when we worked together and you were sharing your love of Doctor Who, you mentioned this very episode as one of your very favorites. Yes, it is one of my favorites. I think I love it so much because it's much more emotional and very character driven. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not so much about big special effects and huge sci-fi stakes. Um, and it's it's Billy Piper's favorite episode as well. And she's my favorite companion. So I love that. Well, it, this, this episode certainly put her acting front and center. And uh, let's just get it out of the way. We are talking about episode eight from season one, which is called Father's Day. So if you have not seen episode eight, Father's Day from season one. Now is a great time to hit pause on the podcast and go watch it. And now that you're back, hopefully, we will dive right into talking about this episode. Every week, I feel like I have to throw out an expletive or uh, some, some way of expressing my amazement for the show. And this week is just, I, I can't because it's so internal because it's such an emotional show. It was so good. Yes, it's definitely a different vibe from the episodes that we've seen so far in season Uh, one. You know, at the very end, one of the notes that I wrote for myself to make sure that I talked about it in the show was, this episode feels like a love letter to loved ones, a love letter for people that have ever had somebody that they cared for pass away. And it felt so comforting. Uh, And I know that it's weird to say about a sci-fi show, but it felt so (laughs) comforting because there's something just wholesome about the way it approaches the loss, the way it approaches the grieving process, and the way it just, in general, it approaches the love that one feels for for a relative, for a family member, for that special someone in our lives. So I, I could not believe that this was the same show that last week had me in a space station with a zit monster (laughs) with a lot of teeth. (laughs) Well, that's the great thing about Doctor Who. I mean, like I said last time, every episode can be so different. And I think you're right. This is a very personal episode. Um, The writer actually based uh, Pete, Rose's father, kind of on his own father Mm -hmm. in a way. And he has said that the quote... No, love. I'm your dad. It's my job for it to be my fault. Was something that his own dad had said. Oh, wow. So it is a very, very personal episode. That that line was absolutely just heart-wrenchingly beautiful. And, you know, maybe if... I, I've had this experience before, especially with sci-fi movies. Uh, before I was a father, I watched things and felt things differently. 
Uh, and for the, the, the biggest example is there, there was a movie uh, in the early 2000s called AI. It was a Steven mm-hmm. Spielberg movie. And it, it was sort of Steven Spielberg trying to do um, Stanley Kubrick. Um, but it was a, basically a movie about a boy robot that gets discarded. And when I watched it, I, the first time I, I was single, I didn't have children, and I could have cared less for the movie. I thought it was too long. It had too many false endings. Hated it. The director that I worked with back then was this very brash, very boisterous man. And I, you know, he loved movies too. So when I asked him about the movie, I thought he was going to have similar thoughts. And he looks at me almost evoking a tear in his eye. And he said, I, 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 I cried, Daniel. And I <laughs> could not believe it. And I could not comprehend why he would have cried in that movie. Flash forward to watching that movie, now that I'm a father, a couple of years ago with my wife, we decided, oh, let's let's turn this on. My wife was a wreck through this entire movie, as was I, because the movie all of a sudden hit me on a different emotional level. Uh, yeah. And I have learned to appreciate that sometimes, especially things that are this emotional and this clearly personal, uh, the script is obviously personal, Sometimes just the mood that you're in will influence how you perceive the episode. Yes, for sure. Sometimes you have to watch things like this over and over again to really appreciate it. Um, Being at the age that I am now, uh, I have been fortunate that I have not yet lost a parent. But holy moly, I, I have felt that loss for other family members and uh, and relatives. And this episode was just like the entire thing was right on my chest uh, in a very good way. So why don't we just jump right into it? Uh, I started uh, one of the things that caught me and the doctor says this very early in the episode. Uh, he's referring to the past and he says, the past is another country. 987 is just the Isle of Wight. What, uh, what did you take from that? Well, I think it all, it all ultimately goes back to the travel that he's done through time um, and, and his people, as we found out a little bit more of mm-hmm. at this time. Um, I think he sees time in a different way than we do. And the past is is something totally different to him. Because if you think about um, what he says later in the episode, when he says, you know, I could have saved my people. I mean, you don't think I would have gone back and saved them and saved my family. So he thinks about it in a very different way from us because he knows that there are just some things that he cannot change. And they are just so far away in a sense that even though, yes, he, he has the power, he could go back and, you know, save the people from the Titanic like that he showed in the, in the first episode, Mm -hmm. but he knows that you can't, and it's just so far away from, from where they are now in a way. Well, and that, that was the one thing that sort of nagged me about the show, not nagged me, but uh, definitely stuck in my head as something that I wanted to talk about is this is the first episode in which we see consequences to the time travel that Rose and the doctor have done. 
Mm-hmm. Because in in by nature by the nature of the TARDIS, every episode has been some sort of time travel for one of the characters, be it the Doctor or Rose or like last week Adam, uh, time traveling into the future and getting the little <laughs> hole in his head. Oh, um, Adam. Mm-hmm. Not a fan. <laughs> Me neither. Uh, I, I described him as the red shirt. Uh, <laughs> I felt like he was the red shirt of Doctor Who. Uh, and I, I kind of wish he had suffered a, a, a more severe uh, consequences for his actions. But, you know, this is the first time that we see serious ramifications to their time travel antics. And the, the first time that we experience sort of the uh, almost the, the conundrum and discussion of the classic time travel you know, you change something and now things are affected, are affected by this change, um, which it, it was interesting. But one of the things that I've enjoyed so much about the show is that its approach to time travel is very not lackadaisical, but it's very much a don't don't worry about it. Time is time does not function in the same way as you've been taught to assume from all these movies it's not a linear process but a much more fluid much more encumbering uh so for the doctor to all of a sudden have that doc brown kind of (laughs) emotions to him and he's like okay that we we can only come back to this place like one more time we can't really be here any more than this uh really sort of set up the the stakes for you know rose's selfishness i mean that's not really like she she clearly she needed this this was something that meant a lot to her uh and and ultimately the 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 price that we pay is what happens when rose goes out of the way because the doctor makes it abundantly clear you know she she has a confrontation with him you know what why is it okay for you uh, as Ashley, you brought up, you know, he can save people from the Titanic, but she can't save her father. And he says, I know what I'm doing. Yes. You don't. You know, that that's huge. That's a huge, huge thing to sort of lay out at the feet of Rose uh, and sort of imply I brought you so you could have this moment. I didn't bring you so that you can destroy the fabric of time and space and pretty much annihilate humankind. (laughs) So even though we're talking about a very personal episode and a very personal reason why Rose is there, the stakes are still just as high as they've always been in that here is almost once again, the annihilation of the human race and the annihilation of earth. Yeah. It always seems to come back to that, doesn't it? (laughs) Right. Like even in a show, this, this emotional, there's still that threat from, uh, what are those things? Are they like time dragons? What, what what were those Um, creatures? They never name them in the episode, but uh, Paul Cornell, the writer has said they're called the reapers. The Reapers, okay. they were not initially supposed to be in the episode. Um, Mm. When Russell T. Davis envisioned it, um, as you watch more through the seasons, 
you'll see that this one is kind of the first episode in what they call the Dr. Light or um, a low budget episode to mm-hmm. make way for the bigger budget finales or the really super doctor heavy episodes. As you continue through, you'll see there's at least one episode every season where either the doctor's not in as much or there's just, you know, no CGI. It's very low maintenance. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he, he wanted it to be a very character-driven, emotional episode. Um, but Paul Cornell suggested adding these Reapers. And um, apparently the BBC liked the idea. So that's why they added them mm-hmm. in there. Um, and apparently they also were going back and forth a lot about whether Rose had thought about this ahead of time. The, the idea of saving her father. Because, you know, the doctor says to her, when I said to come travel with me, I said, you know, come with me in my, my space, space machine. And she said no. And then he says, come travel with me in time. And she jumped in. So he's, you know, this is the first time I think it's almost like their first fight <laughs> in mm-hmm. a way. He's kind of second guessing. Oh no, did I get another stupid ape? As he says, you know, did I just get somebody who wants to only be in here for selfish needs and just wants to do something to, to save her dad? Um, and they, they left it kind of ambiguous, um, but apparently Billy Piper thinks that she was not planning it ahead of time. And I don't think she was either. I mean, the first try when she sees her dad die, she's too afraid to do anything. She was going to just go and hold his hand. Exactly. But she, yeah. yeah, she can't even move. So I don't think she had this, you know, mad plot all along to go back. Yeah, no, it, it, it seemed, I, I, her actions seemed, um, I, I, I seem to almost harp on this every week. Uh, everything feels very natural. In a show that has got so much supernatural and so much surreal, heightened reality, their mm-hmm. decisions feel very human and very natural. Uh, and yeah, I, I, for not for a second did I think that Rose premeditated this entire thing of, sure, I'm going to go along with this guy's adventures because eventually he might take me to see my father and using his time machine, I might be able to save him. Just uh, like you, I, I think it comes from the overwhelming feeling of, you know, something that she's been thinking about for her entire life. And then to sit there and witness it and feel the powerlessness that she felt when, you know, one thing is to hear this is how it happened. Another thing mm-hmm. is to actually see it unfold in front of you. And that first reaction of hers is very human to, to just completely be overwhelmed by the emotion and the reality of the totality of everything that just transpired that it's only when she's back in that same space and she's looking at it from a different angle that all of a sudden, instead of just being the person that's there to be with him at the end, she goes completely rogue and says, no, I, I, I can't let myself watch this again. I have to do something, which, again, it's a very human thing to do, right? Yes. And I mean, one major point of this episode was to show that, you know, up until this point, Rose has been this wonderful companion but mm-hmm. a big part of this episode was to show that she can make mistakes. You know, she's, she is human. Sure. And I think it's a completely logical 
thing. If you had your, your father in front of you and you knew he was going to die and you could save him. Yeah. It, you know, it, why wouldn't you? Because like she tells the doctor, he's just a normal guy. He's not going to start World War III or do anything great and wonderful. So what in history would change by him staying alive? And, and that was... Uh, Talk about, you know, in, in a moment where we're all kind of sitting here pondering what our purpose is in, in this new environment we all find in, here's the doctor saying, you know, the, some of the most important people are the ordinary people, mm-hmm. you know, which maybe maybe it's because of, again, our current situation that I that I heard that so cl- so loudly and clearly. But here's the doctor saying, Rose, there's a man alive in the world who wasn't alive before. An ordinary man. That's the most important thing in creation. The whole world's different because he's alive. Very comforting thought in this episode to think that everybody's life mattered in some way, shape, or form. Um, But before we dive deeper into that conversation, um, we... We, we do get a few little nuggets uh, of Doctor Who, you know, lore through this thing. Is the the whole Watson, come here, we need you, is, is that just a throwback, like he says, to the first call? Or is there more to that? Am I reading, am I now reading too far into episodes? <laughs> I think it was just mainly to show that there was a wound in time. Like he said, you know, when Rose and her dad were in the car and that song came on the radio, she goes, oh, that song hasn't come out yet uh, because they're only in 1987. And then the first phone call words start popping out. Everything is kind of out of time from where it should be. So Mm -hmm. I think they just chose to put that in there because, um, you know, it was the first the first phone call. Okay, yeah. I, I, not being that nerdy, I had no idea that that was actually what uh, Alexander Graham Bell said on the first phone call. Um, so I just, and because, it, you know, it's coming from a British show, I immediately assumed it had something to do with Sherlock Holmes. Because, you know, who, what other Watson do I know from pop culture? <laughs> oh, that's the, the mashup we need. Right. Do, so the I, Doctor and Sherlock. <laughs> I, that's that's when I thought there was some insinuation, some sort of connection. Uh, but I mean, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch could have just showed up I mean, on set. They were filming at the same time. It's fine. Were they really? Did, did, well, at, at some point later, not not with Chris Treckleston, but um, during I was going to say, episodes. yeah, Watson or the, the Sherlock version with Benedict didn't start until like the 2010s and stuff. But. Yeah, so it was still the Doctor Who was still on then. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, it, it's still on today. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, um, the, the there was something that I did notice. Uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of times uh, shows and movies will uh, play with music to heighten mm-hmm. emotional moments. And they create themes for specific characters. Mm-hmm. There's a very clear theme that played almost every time. Uh, Rose's dad was on screen and I don't know if you noticed it maybe it's just the Disney file in me (laughs) but every time that song played I heard a little bit of Someday My Prince Will Come (laughs) I did not pick up on that Um, now I'm gonna have to re-listen to that song but I do notice that music because I love 
what Murray Gold does. He's the one who composes for the series in the early mm-hmm. years. And you're right, they all do have a theme. And that song that keeps playing every time she's with her dad, it's called Father's Day, the name of that song. Okay, okay. Um, but Rose does have a theme. You'll start to hear it more, and each of the doctors have a theme. But there will be things that happen later in the show where you don't know a character is going to show up, and then you hear their music. Mm. And you're like, oh my gosh, is that this person coming? And it is. So yeah, you're right to pick up on that music because um, it's it's pretty important. It'll come back. Yeah, and it played such a big moment in that scene that I, I heard it right away. And I I second-guessed myself. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, that, that couldn't have been it. And then it played again later in the episode and you could hear it. it. It is not an exact duplicate, so there's no, you know, copyright infringement kind of situation there. <laughs> but there's definitely a little bit of someday my prince will come, which I, I guess it's fitting considering, you know, that's Rose's father. It's it is her prince. It's the the thing that she wished would happen, which is to to get to spend that extra time with him. Um, but yeah, I thought musically that that, that really threw me. I'm gonna have to re-listen to that now, because I'm I'm kind I can kind of see what you mean. I'm thinking about the song in my head. That's a really good observation. I wonder if that was intentional. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure, but you know, let's call I, Murray Gold. <laughs> yeah, let, let, we'll we'll get him on the line. Uh, answer <laughs> us real quick. Um, but uh, talking about uh, you know little uh, nuggets and little hidden things. Uh, of course, you know, it's a time travel episode and the, the time dragons or uh, the reapers, right? Yes. Reapers uh, seem to be just picking people off left and right, you know, using their little predator cam thing. <laughs> uh, they're like stalking people down uh, and they spare this little kid who's sitting in the playground getting pushed on on a swing and he runs into the church and then they say his name, and I about jumped out of my seat. <laughs> Mikey, drum roll, please. <laughs> that's that's Mickey. That's that's him. That's you yes. Know, and, that's and, Mickey. And then Rose's mom makes the comment. And I was like, oh, I feel bad for his girlfriend. That boy, you know, once he hugs, he doesn't let go. Yeah, and then it, she says she he imprinted on her. <laughs> yeah, right. And you're like, oh, especially the episode after, like, Rose has been flirting with that jerk, Adam. You know, mm. you're like, oh, why? There's Mickey. Let's let's just stay with Mickey. Because I definitely did not like the whole Rose flirting with another guy. Like, I don't know why. <sighs> I just did not care for it one iota. I talked about it last week. But, you know, I'm glad that here's Mikey or Mickey. And, you know, she she has that moment with him. Uh, and, you know, the the implication is that Everything she does in this episode does have some small uh, ramification. Yeah, that's uh, why Mickey's so uh, attached to her now. Right, right. So (laughs) I I love the idea that she basically just made Mikey or Mickey even more enamored with her uh, Mm -hmm. without really understanding how she did it. But that was a great little, uh, uh, what is it, cameo almost? Uh, A nice little bit. Uh, definitely broke the tension up on, on the show a little bit. Um, but um, I did, uh, you, you insinuated 
uh, a little bit about this uh, at the beginning of the episode when we were talking about uh, that we do get to find out a little bit more about the Time Lords. Uh, and, you know, the doctor has that moment where he tells Rose, uh, there used to be Time Lords or there used to be Lords that would do this kind of thing and stop this kind of thing from happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess we, we get to, or I get to finally find out a little bit more about the purpose to the Time Lords. Can you elaborate or is there too much spoilers going on? <laughs> well, I'm glad you at least know now that that is his species, that he is a mm-hmm. Time Lord. Yes, um, yes. And that um, by now he you know there was... Hearts. We, he has two hearts. Yes, I that, you know uh, that you know, now. Two weeks ago. Uh, yes, in the Dalek episode. Um, and uh, by now you know that there was a big time war between his people and the Daleks. And um, that- somehow uh the doctor ended it uh by destroying all the daleks and it, it, the repercussions of that meaning that he also destroyed the time lords yes um i don't want to spoil too much but basically his people were in in charge of keeping time um i guess you could say safe for lack of a better word um you know he said he commented that um, <laughs> since, since Rose has, has done this act by saving her father and then the Reachers are here trying to um, sterilize the wound, as he says, his people would have been able to um, prevent that from happening, that there wouldn't have been this attack to try to make up. Um, mm-hmm. But the whole idea of, of the, the time war, I cannot tell you because I don't want to spoil anything, but oh, it is going to come back in such a major way that everything you think you know is going to be completely just thrown out the window. Uh, I I just love the idea that basically the Time Lords are time cops. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Especially since there is that really bad movie with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme called Time Cop, which when when I say bad movie... This the, there were bad movies in the '90s, and then there was Time Cop bad, because uh, Jean Claude Van Damme, by no stretch of the imagination, a good actor, and in this movie, like he has to act, and it's awful. Um, <laughs> and the the you know the convalescence or the the, the convolution of the storyline and time travel and you know the whole you can't touch yourself because it creates paradoxes and da 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 da. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the idea that you know here's the time lords, which is a race of time cops, just preventing <laughs> time crimes or time mis time mishaps from happening. They're here to save the day, <laughs> <laughs> right? So the, there was another moment in this show, uh, going back to the personal side of Rose, that I found really, really touching. Because this is a moment that we've seen in other time travel shows before. Uh, and it's when her dad asks her, you know, what what was I like? Not mm-hmm. knowing that he died. And she makes all this stuff up. You know, you sang Uh to me, you took us for picnics, you were always there for me. And he stops her and he looks at her and he says, That's not me. Yeah. You know, which was such a, it's such a, such an earnest moment because, you know, we all have 
we all have the tendency to do this. We all do it at some point or another where we make these moments or these people into these, you know, demigods, these superheroes, these amazingly perfect individuals. And here's her dad sort of saying, no, I'm a flawed human being. I, I have mistakes. And the person you're describing is, is not who I am, but you know, she wanted to build him up. She wanted to, to basically make him feel good. And it doesn't, you know, because it doesn't ring true to him. And I felt like that was such a important thing to, to touch on again, the, the writing in the show being so delicate in particular, such an interesting concept to, to be trying to butter somebody up and for that person to say, nah, that, you know, that, that does, that sounds disingenuous. Yeah. And I think it's, it's really interesting in this episode you know, it starts off, Rose only knows about her father, the things that her mom has told her. And the mom was saying all these great and wonderful things about him. And then when she and the doctor first go see him at their wedding, you know, he gets her name wrong and he's just sort of a, a bumbling, ordinary guy. Mm-hmm. And, and then when she meets him again, after she saves his life, he's kind of got all these hack schemes and he he makes a comment where he's almost hitting on her and she's like, no, 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 mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Little like back to the future thing there. And she sees how he interacts with Jackie. You you get little hints that maybe he's been unfaithful or at mm-hmm. least flirting with other women and that Jackie's always worried where the next meal is going to come from. And so it kind of knocks him off that pedestal that Rose has had him on all this time. She's like, oh, maybe... My dad wasn't really this amazing guy. But then, you know, at the end of the episode, he completely becomes a hero Mm -hmm. because, I mean, and like you said, with that speech where she tells him all the wonderful things that he didn't do Mm -hmm. and he realizes, you know, that's why I haven't even done anything with my life. I can't even die properly. He realizes that he has to die and he sacrifices himself. And I think... Pete's character arc just in this episode it's like up and down mm-hmm. and up and down but he goes out a hero I think they give him a really good ending but it, it ultimately he realizes that you know his his reason for being uh if the the whole world is going to end because he's still around his reason for being was to go out and instead of going out the way he did alone and sort of this man of questionable repute, mm-hmm. he ends up having the moment that he didn't have before and he thanks her for it. You know, uh, what man in the world, he says, what man in the world gets these extra hours? Uh, yeah, and so, so sweet. <laughs> he, he has a moment where he's able to show that, you know, like you said, we, we see him with his mom uh, in their wedding and it, it almost feels like there's no love in their marriage, that it's a loveless mm-hmm. sort of an arrangement. And it's only there at that end where he gets that opportunity that you genuinely see. Not only does he care for his wife, but he's going to do this for his daughter so that everything can go back to being normal so that the world can go on existing 
And that by doing this, he will be remembered positively uh, and that he's given his daughter the thing that she sort of had created, that idea that she had generated. And now she gets to actually have it uh, and he gets to give it to her. He gets to know that he gave it to her. Yeah. And I think it also goes back to to what the doctor was talking about. You know, the ordinary people really mean so much. Mm-hmm. Um and I just, I love the redemption that they gave Pete in this story. And it also was good for Rose because she got to really see what an amazing man he was. Right. That, and, and an amazing man in a normal way. Yes. He wasn't a superhero. He wasn't this bodybuilder that, you know, pushed a building away from, you know, the, the falling, you know, the, 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 the endangered village. You know, he was he was a normal person who made mistakes, who, mm-hmm. you know, questioned his own existence and his own uh, situation. And yet he was able to when when the chips were down, when everything mattered, he stepped up and did the right thing. He stepped up and did a, a very selfless act, which. You know, in in the course of the the podcast, we discussed how not everybody makes those choices. Not everybody. We all like to think we would, but realistically, as human beings, we don't always faced with the consequences of what's going to happen. We don't always make the right decision. And in this episode, we get to see it. We get to see it in Rose, where she is faced with seeing her father die. And she doesn't make the right decision the first time. She doesn't make the right decision the second time. You know, <laughs> her time's uh, a charm, <laughs> right? And, and but when again, when things mattered, and he's given a choice, her dad makes the right decision. Her dad makes the selfless decision so that his family can go on. Uh, which you know, the 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 idea of the heroic sacrifice is not new, but the idea of this heroic man who's you know in theory his life is of no consequence like we've mentioned before he's not gonna be a world you know leader he's not going to be anything he's just rose's dad and yet his action does not a tremendous amount both for rose and his uh, and you know, rose's mom but it also does a tremendous amount of good for the world. He he saves the doctor. The doctor gets eaten by a freaking time dragon. The, the, I'm sorry, the reaper. <laughs> he does. He gets. He sacrifices himself. He says, "I'm the oldest thing in here, so take me." You know that I I wrote down on my notes because I, I write notes down as I'm watching the episode, and I I was about to write an expletive, and then I realized I can't say it on air, so I wrote, <laughs> "What the what." When he disappeared, and I'm like, how? It's all hopeless. The doctor's gone. (laughs) Who's going to save us? And, you know, here comes uh, Rose's dad, Pete, and he saves the day, and everything goes back to the way it sort of was. But now, (laughs) you know, now now there's this mysterious woman that helped her father so that he wasn't alone. Yes, I thought that was so sweet because at the beginning, Jackie had said, I only wish there'd been someone there with him. Yep. And then now when you see her telling the story at the end. People say there was this girl. 
and she sat with Pete while he was dying. She held his hand. Then she was gone. Never found out who she was. Oh, I just thought that was so sweet that Jackie got something out of this too. Yeah, and, and I mean, clearly Jackie was protecting Rose and sort of creating the the myth of her father being this great man when, you know, the, again, there were clear flaws. Uh, but, you know, she also got to see her husband genuinely express love and affection for her before he went. Um, so even the way she was telling it was slightly different. There was mm-hmm. a little more tenderness uh, and a little more understanding that it was almost necessary that, you know, the, the, that it was no longer a hit and run, that the, the boy that hit him stayed. Until you know, the ambulance came. Yeah. And it wasn't right. his fault now because she said Pete just ran out. Right. So it, the, 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 the change was a positive one, even if it, you know, ultimately led to the untimely passing of, of a loved one. So was such a, a wonderful episode to i guess remind uh, it reminded me that you know we're we are all important in each other's lives uh and sometimes we're important in people's lives whom we don't even realize which is uh, yeah. such a you know wonderful idea that you know something we have done has affected somebody else's life for the better and uh and we don't know it and we don't have to know it it's just it's important to them and thus it's important to their world and uh, to their existence. So to, like I said, I, I started the episode with this note and I, I I'm going to end it with it. I really genuinely felt like this episode was just an absolute love letter from the creative team uh, responsible for Dr. Who to anyone who's ever had a loved one, uh, past or you know not not just family but friends and pets uh, and how important those people are in our lives and that you know we we shouldn't reduce anybody to a title that everybody matters and everybody is important it's just it is a beautiful episode it's it's easy to see why it's billy piper's favorite um oh, and gosh. like us yeah i could i mean she's even said it, it's it's the most emotionally, um, you know, driven thing that she had to do. And she has a lot of emotional things coming up, trust me. Um, but, uh, it's, it's just a beautiful, beautiful episode. And, and like I said, I, I love all the sci-fi stuff, but I really love these character driven shows and episodes because they really just, oh, they get you. And they, and they, they mm-hmm. show a lot about the companion and and about the doctor too. It it, it deepened yeah. my appreciation for Rose, which I you know it, I've I've spoken quite a bit about it at this point uh, in the episode. Having only done eight of these, you know, I, I do think Rose is a wonderful role model. Um, and after you know what the the episode in the satellite of love uh, <laughs> with you know. Uh, the the long game i did not like the choices she made in the long game i did not like uh the the side of rose that came out in that episode so it was great to come into this episode and see rose be able to sort of 
show a little more of who she is and to show why she is the way she is and you know to be able to get a little bit of that closure to be able to to have had that time and uh, to be certainly enriched by it and you know learn that uh, there are consequences and without the time lords being around to protect us that it's a, it's a little bit more of a dangerous time than I realized. <laughs> yes. It's, it's just a beautiful episode. It's, it absolutely I is. I love it. Well, I am very glad that you were here to share this episode with me and our listeners. Thank you so much for being a part of this episode, Ashley. Oh, it was a pleasure. I'm happy to be back. And thank you to the listeners for sticking by and getting to this point in the episode. So if you want to support our show, check out firsttimelord.com. That is where all the past episodes are posted. You can leave comments. So if we talked about something that you felt uh, you disagreed with, or if we left something out of the episode that you can't believe we didn't talk about, go to the firsttimelord.com website and leave those comments, please. And from that website, you can also find a link to my Patreon page. If you'd like to support the show, uh, there's a tier for $5. You'll get these episodes as early as possible. Uh, for a little few more dollars there are other tiers in which you can get behind the scenes and extras such as uh, you know little uh, mistakes that happen or little recording mishaps or you know sometimes we all get tongue-tied in how we record the show so you can listen to those uh, for a few dollars more but any support is greatly appreciated And uh, once again, thanks, Ashley, for stopping by and being a part of the show. Thank you. And I guess uh, that just leaves uh, me no time at all to just, I got to go watch more Doctor Who. Bye.